hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to A Hampton with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Wow, I make that sound seamless now. Uh, I am still here with the wonderful JD Collins. Say hello. Hello, Joe. Thank you for having me back. Looking forward to getting on to Journey's End. How, like, I feel like we, we re- reached like, peak levels of excitement in the Stolen Earth. Yes, definitely. I think it was it definitely brought, took me back to being like 13 and, and wait, especially that ending, thinking, right, you know, got a week left to wait. Now I know what happens, but it's just great to have only a few minutes to watch the next one. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever stop being 13, if I'm honest with you. 40 in body, like 12 in mind. Maybe that's the best way to be. Have have uh, the the carefreeness of of childhood, even if you're an adult with responsibilities. That's what I try and do. Those goddamn responsibilities. See, we're back to two point four children again. Like I I feel like like Ben wasn't a a child at heart, wasn't he? But he still had to pay his bills. He was the point four of the child, but he's he's actually a very responsible man. When you when you watch it closely, he's a very good man. He's just very busy and tired. God, as we all are. Was he's just such a lovely actor, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? Sorry, okay, yeah. we're, we're not doing the two point four show. But no, but, we'll wait till you come on to my later. <laughs> Sorry, but there's so much to talk about with that. Uh, but there is here as well. Um, I am queued up and ready to go. If you are, I certainly am. Then I will kick us in in five, four, three, two, one. Off we go with a very nice exciting... little bit of previous here. Bye. I think it kind of needed it, didn't it? Oh God! Um, watching it again, I realised how much they compact into that forty-four minutes. Because if you, because it's a two-part, I think sometimes you can remember the whole thing, and it's like some bits you think happened in one episode actually happened in another one. Mm-hmm. But this is one where like Dolores had so much in it, and this is a bit of an extended one. I knew it was going to be a good one when they said we're going to there was an extension on the episode. I, I think as well with um, the stolen earth, like it, it has a lot to do. But what you've got there is like a master dramatist in Rusty Davis, and and a master director in Graham Harper. So yeah, it, it actually it feels like a seamless watch. But bugger me, that must have been a difficult thing to put together. I've got Russell T Davis's book, um, the writers got mm. uh, is it the writers game? right. Uh, yeah, the right no writer's tale. Writer's tale. That's it. I've not read it in a long time, but the way that he kind of talks about the, creating this is, is amazing. He basically um, has a nervous breakdown right in every episode, doesn't he? But uh, yeah. you know, I'm I'm willing to sacrifice his sanity if it's this good television. And and he keeps and he's still going now. And and I think what was interesting about this this revelation of the day, <laughs> the doctor just puts the. Um, the time vortex energy into the hand the hand and i mean my dad always say that the hand <laughs> <laughs> but like you know i've heard people say that's really disappointing like that's a disappointing ending uh sorry a disappointing... What else could they have done? yeah exactly without regenerating him and then mickey and jackie appearing which <gasps> is like perfect timing and then jackie just makes it you know where the hell's my daughter she's just there and then even with um ianto and gwen that there's the um What's it? It's like a, it's like, oh, what is it? it the, the bullets are frozen in the air. It's almost like it's got some kind of vortex kind of thing. I'm not very good with the lingo. Sorry. I know, it's, a, I'm... it's a terrific effect, though, isn't it? 
Like, even it looks now, really convincing. Can I just say as well, um, one of my biggest criticisms of Moffat's time is how it utterly fails the Bechdel test more often than not. Jackie Tyler just appeared and passed the Bechdel test in about 10 seconds. It just feels like, yeah, yeah. I think Russell C. Davis is just so good at writing characters and dialogue. Yeah, and you regardless know, regardless of whether it's science fiction or not, you know the Rusty Davis family. So I'm talking, you know, Jackie and Mickey and Pete, uh, the the Joneses and uh, Wilf and Seal. They're all very dysfunctional families in one way or another. Um, that's like my family. I can buy into those families completely. Whereas the idealized families that kind of Moffat goes for a lot of the time, I'm talking like the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, like that family. I'm just yeah. like, I don't recognise those people at all. No. And I like um, the fact that they're all like different classes as well. You've got Rose, obviously, a world-class family, Natal Block, and then Martha and, and um, Donna's family, a bit more middle-class. But yeah. uh, he can play, he just has a, he just has a knack for every single person, doesn't he, in every background. I love when um, Donna just said, now you can hug me, Jack. Hey, <laughs> hug me. But, <laughs> See, that's her character's coming out. Look at the immense guest cast in this. I don't think anyone's shortchanged. No, everyone gets enough to do, and it's necessary. Obviously, he wanted to get everyone back, but I don't really feel like it's too much, really. No, no. when I first watched Journey's End, I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed, and I thought it was a bit overstuffed. But mm. like Last of the Time Lords, uh, which I had the same kind of feeling about, I've come back to this in later years, and I just think mo this, this is it's superb. Sometimes I think when you watch things, uh, uh, as you say, at the time, and, and you're coming on the back end of, of loads of like the, 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 the rushingness of, of someone, I, I agree with you. Sometimes it, it, it might not live up to our expectations, but going back is a good thing because, as you well, say, you can see, uh, see it uh, almost again. I hate to say it, but you compare it to what's coming out, like what, what came after this and what's coming out now, and I'm like, Okay, oh, well, I'm just here for this. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's never, every time I revisit this, is, is, I mean, like the fact now that Sarah Jane, Jackie and Mickey, like, sacrifice themselves. I'm not sacrifice themselves. They, they, they go to the dark so they can get to the doctor. That kind of, those kind of moments, you just, where they surrender, that you just, you don't get that now. It's those little details which I like. And Mickey then just kissing his, the big gun. It's just those character sort of intricacies that, are so perfectly have you um, written and performed. Have you seen uh, Noel Clark these days? I would watch Nicky, uh, him kissing his big gun till the cows come home. <laughs> that is a beautiful man. He won a BAFTA the other day oh. um, for um, outstanding contribution. Well, he's, de he's, well ama deserved. he's an amazing man. Yeah, like like creatively um, astonishing as well as a good actor. He was in his early thirties when this was on. And I thought he looked younger. Oh, Dalek speaking in German. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is just... Exterminated. <laughs> but you know what's amazing? You know, I was watching something recently. Someone was, you know, people today say, oh, Doctor is too political. Yes. But it's always been political. If you think yeah. of, like, Terry Nation created the Daleks as, an, as like, a, a version of the Nazis. Uh, the Barry Letts era? Yeah. Exactly. They, they, all that you know the people complain about um orphan 55 where the doctor talk, you know talks to the audience but john Pertwee was doing that weekly in the 70s exactly and even like um aliens and oh no yeah uh, world war three 
when the UFO crashes into the Big Ben. That's not 11. Well, I, I, kind of lesson. someone gave a fantastic reading uh, when I did the aims of, no, sorry, the Sound of Drums commentary oh, yes. on this, where they were basically saying, you know, the master's Tony Blair, and the top of Fane are the bombs he rained down on Afghanistan. Like it's it's there if you want to see it. Mm, absolutely, I think you, every era always seems to reflect the time that it's uh, political and social. Um, culture but what i love I about rusty davis is he's not afraid to get angry and really point the finger like you go and watch years and years and that speech by ann reed at the end where she's like beware the madmen they'll laugh us into hell she was the best thing in that show actually oh, i think she just because usually characters like that would just be the grandma character of a yeah. series but she had some great moments where she would literally just just, I mean, she's amazing anyway, but she really was given a lot to do. Do you remember her relationship with the daughter-in-law? I love oh. that. Yes. So that moment, I won't spoil it if anyone's seen it, but it's a moment where one of her grandchildren betrays the, uh, the, the partner. And the way I'm re reacting to him is, is, oh, is amazing. Sorry to go off on, on years and years, but it's so good. What's astonishing is, um, okay, oh, I'm going on the Moffat rant again. I'm so sorry. Um, but one thing he does is waste incredible guest actors, I find. And the the daughter-in-law or the, the the in years and years is in like a single scene in Hellbent as a time lady. Well, you go and watch her in years and years. She's terrific and should have had a much bigger part. This is Moffat, isn't it? In Hellbent. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I just feel like with Moffat, he's not as good at, um, what's the word? Um, he's not good at, at, at being very subtle. He's not good at subtlety. Like Bad Wolf in the first series was just kind of sprinkled very um, subtly throughout, like the, um, the the graffiti on the TARDIS wall and, and just randomly someone saying Bad Wolf. Whereas in, um, there's ending with the crack in the earth. It's like, oh no. What was series nine? Peter Capaldi staring out the screen every week going, it's a hybrid. You know, like there was no subtlety there at all. No. But sure, but then again, because he did Sherlock, um, which was so kind of which that I think looking back was all silent and and no substance. I really. okay, go oh, oh dear, I'm gonna lose my audience now. I can't bear Sherlock. I, I, I've never watched anything with a more self-congratulatory tone than Sherlock. I know. It, it was, it, I watched it at the time, it was kind of okay, but it's not stuck with me, like, say, this Doctor Who stories and this year of Who stuck with me. Though, I have to say, Dracula, last year's Dracula miniseries mm. was really, really good. Oh, but I think it. that's mostly to do with Bart Gatiss, if I'm honest. Okay, you recommend that, then? I'll go and watch that. I would recommend... I would. I think if you're going with an open mind... If you like Dracula and you want to see a Dracula, it's a new version. Some of it, when it works, it really works. When it doesn't, it kind of doesn't. But it's overall, I think, pretty great. I oh, love Catherine Tate, the way she's a trans, in a trance. Yeah, well, this whole bit as well, where she gropes the second David Tennant and their chemistry, where she's like, you're naked. It's just so funny. Oh my god! It's the whole thing, the whole idea of of the second Doctor growing from the um, the hand is is brilliant. Yes, and I Don't noticed it. they strategically placed parts of the console to protect his modesty. God damn them! <laughs> Sorry, Tennant is fifty next week. 
and he's still very handsome. He's amazing in Good Omens. Oh God! Okay, so I had a, I did have a few issues with Good Omens, but I yeah. thought you know the episode that was all about their relationship across time. Yeah. Uh, was it episode four? That was just such a terrific piece on its own. I think he's amazing. I think he's he's he's. I'm so glad he's he's become such a um, prolific actor from yeah. the back of this. But he was already doing a lot before this. He I won't, did, I'm um... sure my mum won't mind saying. Oh, well, my dad, mum, my mum, this, he was my mum's crush. Oh, he's my crush. And it's not like me to say that David Tennant, uh, sorry, a doctor is my crush because that just seems weird. But I'm willing to go there for David Tennant. I love this bit here when the TARDIS is in the fourth, is in the, the, the thing, the um, the lava, and yet it's only just exploding. You think it would be going inside the TARDIS, and, but then again, the TARDIS is so big. But like the TARDIS is supposed to be like our safe haven, isn't it? They're blowing the crap out of it there. I remember the advert um, for Journey's End, which was just Davos speaking, no hints of the Doctor, and there was these explosions around on, and you really thought, wow, she's going to get killed. Yeah. And the way oh, he's like wanting to sacrifice himself then, you don't have that kind of ideas in, in oh, this bit here, the music is beautiful. Oh, oh it's beautiful. It reminds me of Scully's theme in series A of Doctor Who, season A of X-Files. Oh my word. Um is that like that Do you know what, JD? That was uncanny. It's like we were watching within and without then for a second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! It's it's. This is just so damn good. What I love as well is um, he pauses to make a point about how Davros says to him, "Don't he? You make people into weapons; they sacrifice themselves." And you see all these flashbacks back to characters in the Rusty Davis era that have killed themselves for the Doctor. Yeah. It's it's it feels a turn left was a moment for me where I thought wow he's really um, knows his stuff Russell T Davis, which I just don't get the sense with Moffat. Um, I I I think his zenith is turn left midnight the stolen earth. I think those those three are oh, yeah words. I mean we were uh, we we it's rare to find like consecutive stories back to back that are like 10 out of 10 goods, you know? Yeah. Oh, and just to think that he's married the Doctor's daughter, <laughs> whose father is the fifth Doctor, whose mother is... Do you know who the mother is? Go on. Auntie Tina from 2.4 Children. Just, that, that's the last 2.4 Children reference going to make in here. <laughs> but that, I just thought it was appropriate okay. it's a Doctor Who link. Well, I have a question about 2.4 Children for you. Yes. Why the hell has Belinda Lang not been in Doctor Who? She is ripe for Doctor Who. She's been in Big Finish, but she I agree she should be more on. She should be on telly full stop, in my opinion. We but she would make an amazing Time Lord, Time Lady. Oh, I see. I could see her in, like, a historical story, giving, like, a hell of a guest performance. But, um, I think she'd be amazing. Which Big Finish was she in? I have no... I can't remember. I just know that she was in a Big Finish. I, I'll be honest. I don't really follow Big Finish. I've only ever listened to I, Davros, which I loved. I think I've listened to one of Sarah Jane Smith ones, but I don't, I just don't, I just don't. By the time I was coming of age into Doctor Who, there was already many of them, and there have since been many of them. Well, and I, I, yeah. They've rather oversaturated the audio market, haven't they? Yeah, and I'd want to, I want to listen to season five for Torchwood, 
because I don't like the idea of talks with anyone miracle day to be honest if uh, if anybody oh. should wish to seek them out Belinda Lang has been in the first Doctor Adventures volume 3 and the Shadow Planet and World Apart from the seventh Doctor Adventures there you go so she's been in that oh my god this bit here when those two are um, you're right uh, Donna and the second tenth Doctor their chemistry is amazing yeah. she's like oh watch it time man oh watch it watch work, girl, girl. <laughs> yeah when he when she goes um oi oi she does the angry face so well because of her characters in in cap and tate show yeah. i loved i just love that woman so much she's, she's just brilliant okay if i say this uh one thing one don't be scared and two uh, you need to tell me which Catherine tate character this is all right how many times do i have to tell you i like a bit of cock who says that? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I, 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 it, I, it's I'm Bernie, sorry, Bernie the nurse. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, Bernie the nurse was when George Michael was in the oh. um, the hospital for the Christmas <laughs> special. That was hilarious. And they did a uh, fairy tale of New York at the end. Oh, yeah. do you do you know? There's been like there's lots of Doctor Who actors that turn up in Catherine Tate. Bonnie Langford's in one brilliant sketch with um, Oh dear, me dear, gay dear, no dear. Was that the pantomime sketch? I think they did a pantomime. I think she's the... F yes, I do remember. Yeah. My mother and I have been following your career for the last 25 years and I've never been so insulted. Yeah, and Bonnie's like, uh, oh, yeah, I have a lot of gay fans. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he calls her Ginge. He goes, oh, shut it, Ginge, and just sign it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, she is now, terrific. I know. Have you listened to... Because this actually links... To, the development of um rose and the turf song. have you listened to the rose tyler big finish ones uh i haven't actually do you know that that's that's one of the few box sets i've not listened to because i know jonathan said in the turn left one about they were going to do a rose tyler spin-off which i actually remember the announcement of oh they did which it, never they? came to um, me no they did they did uh a um a box set and it's uh, rose tyler dimension canon it's called and it's set between like turn left and this where they're trying to go through the different universes to find the doctor yeah which are made and so i like that that like that's the kind of thing ideas i like the idea of missing stories not just about the doctor but with companions or even just side characters getting their own yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. yeah i this is amazing I, this bit i particularly like because Again, it's the same as what we had with Harriet and the, um, Harriet Jones and her mentioning about the Osterhog and Key. Just the knowledge. The, I mean, it's all in the acting. I know it's in the acting. But to embody characters who know about these kind of things in the, in the, in the world and, and say, yeah, we know this. For a science fiction program, you've got to... It's, it's not something you can, be, you can relate to. <laughs> no. You know, you can't... You, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got... In amazing dramas which you can be about relationships friendships work life whatever but this is all so science fictiony and and yeah i mean that's not a word for science fiction, no no but yeah, it's all it's all like escapist isn't it it's all yeah and serious yeah but yeah and seriously done so, so cause like compellingly done but it is something you can kind of lose yourself in it's not like real world stuff yeah it, and i think yeah, it, it was just so ambitious. Right, I'll tell you the one doc in Dalek story I hated in the Moffat era when the Doctor was miniaturised and went inside the Dalek. Oh, I was just uh, like into the Dalek. 
Yeah. I thought that was a great idea and just went nowhere. As with all the Moffat stuff. Just, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think Moffat stuff is good. It's a binge watch. Bear in mind, Series 6 had the big break in the middle. Yeah. And that lost me. Because yeah, you really six. can't just go one week to the next and get and have all the threads, let alone a six-month gap. It lost me. It, well, I, I didn't like Series 6, but I really didn't like Series 7 with the, all the Impossible Girl stuff. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, oh. and when they kind of like explained what that was, and I was like, well, you didn't really explain it. You just showed me a load of montages of Clara being photoshopped into. But I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah. And like, Which, that's my point, though. God. It's like, it's not about her as a character, it's about her as a concept. And that's not interesting. And the CGI was awful yeah. when they did that. Know. Do you remember, you mentioned it, Lynn, I think with Jonathan, you know the episode when um, the, the recent X Files, when they had the guy who thinks that he was the third. Um, partner who starts oh, the exiles the mandela yes. effect yeah, yeah, yeah. now the way they inserted him into the old cases was better done than that was and this episode considering it's like what seven years earlier mm -hmm. is still better than that well i tell you um it, for, i know i know you're not a massive fan of stuff yet but for for the 30th anniversary ds9 did an episode called trials and tribulations where they mm. inserted the ds9 characters into a, a, an original series episode and it's seamless and that was done like 15 years before uh the name of the doctor and 96 wasn't it like late 90s yeah when... but it was beautifully wow. done so it just goes to show it you know get a bit of time and effort it can be done absolutely and i love this bit here when it's like doctor and rose again yeah and do you know what they uh, you know whatever fandom may think of the 10th doctor and rose yeah i still i'm convinced that for the audience at large so this is like the non doctor who fans this is peak doctor who the 10th doctor and rose well I i'm going to say something sacrilege i didn't watch chris freckleson's year uh, doctor i don't know why i don't know what my dad watched it because he remembered doctor who when he was younger i don't know why i just didn't watch it with him but then for the second series i just thought oh i'll give it a go it's a new doctor I'm assuming you've, then, you've gone back and watched it since, right? Oh, I watched it like six months later. <laughs> I bought <laughs> the DVDs after series two was out, and I and I love it. And Eccleston is amazing. I hope he comes back and does a TV episode one day. I don't think he will. Big finish, I think. He's probably just dipping his toe in the water. Big finish, and that sounds great. But yeah, I, uh, I I'm I'm not going to say a word because the big finish fans are just going to execute me. But I just oh, I can't see that going well. But. Anyway. Um, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gackleson, I really, I like him as an actor, full stop. I think he's, he's, he's really good and he was a great doctor. Um, I think yeah, like, I, with, with yeah. Eccleston, yeah, you had um, one of the best writers for television writing for him uh, yeah. in series one. And it was extraordinary. Now, I think there is some talent over at Big Finish. I don't think that the highest levels of talent are right for Christopher Eccleston at the moment. And that's a shame, you know? Yeah. I, so, um, this Dalek, Dalek Khan, yeah. Mm, he's, a yeah. Little, he's a little bit naughty, isn't he? Because he's the one that's caused all this, right? He's the one that's... Well, we know from later on that he's a bit crazy and he's actually good underneath it all. And he's, as you say, he's, he's, he's manoeuvring and, and 
Yeah, he's a very he's he's crazy. You can tell he's been through hell because he's just crazy. They do and love these. Bricks. They do love these big taglines, don't they? Of like, you know, one of them shall die. Yeah. When really, nobody dies, really, do they? In this, die in inverted commas. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. I was never a fan of the way I mean, Amy Pond uh, oh. was all right. Oh. But her execution and and, and left uh, and the way she left was just so. Oh my god! Did I, me. did I miss an episode? Was was Amy Pond executed? Well, kind of. She was. They pointed that it was the angel, weeping angels, uh, which was a great idea for one episode, but shouldn't have come back. That's another rant. Um, uh, this clip here was released um, the week of leading up to, because I knew they used to release a clip sometimes on the website up until, and I remember when Sarah Jane says we were closer to the Doctor, this was one thing that they... Uh... Look, that is Geeta from EastEnders, okay? And this is what convinced me that Rusty Davis was evil, because he murders Geeta. She's in Mrs. Khan. She was also Mrs. Khan in Citizen Khan. Oh, was she? Which I liked for one series. <laughs> but when me and my dad watched this, he's like, oh, there's Mrs. Khan. I was like, no, it's Gita. Where's Sanjay? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I love it when Smithy says to, and when Mickey says to uh, Sarah, oh, well, Smith's got to sit together. Yeah. Um, I want to point out I, all I, of yeah. this special effects work that's going on here as well. There, there's been a couple of long shots where there's been like millions of Daleks like all over the place. You, you, I think when you really appreciate the time and effort they will have taken to do that, because you say you can't just have like silhouetted Daleks. They've all got to look like an individual with all the, even though they all look the same. Obviously, they all look the same. They've got to look exactly the same in the in the in the, the dots have to be in the row and stuff. It's, but they were giving it like a sense of depth. They had Daleks close to the camera, some in the distance, some flying about. Yeah. Oh, th okay, okay. This with all the different planets being like a massive super weapon. <laughs> Davros, I mean, I mean, he is batshit crazy, right? I mean, the, the most that they've done previously is go, you know, into the time vortex and stuff. I mean, like the um, in Doomsday Army of, of Ghosts, they have like going all over the earth and stuff. But the destruction of reality, yeah, the reality bomb. I mean, that is like as this is why I've never liked the Dalek story since because I just think it's kind of like mediocre kind of. Well, where can you go um, from there? Where can I you did. go from the destruction of reality? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, this bit is really... Um, Jackie, do you know what I love about Jackie? And again, going back to Russell's James right? he is good at giving characters who would otherwise buy a, a kind of less, a less good writer who would just be kind of the dopey kind of mother character, the companion, yeah. some, some moment, emotional moments. Like the way she just turns to this woman now and just says, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, she's a great actress, Camille Padilla. It's like that one with the... Like, Love and Monster, oh, I know. I knew you were going to say this. I knew it. The, the bit where she confronts Elton. Yes, and she oh, says, you know, yeah. um, I will always protect Rose, whatever goes on. I, I feel like, God, she's really believing in all that. And the way that they were watching them evaporate now, they're just good actors in it. Um, did you ever watch the Weakest Link episode of Doctor oh, Who? Oh, poor Camille Kajuri. Oh, yes. I mean, she was so funny. And, like, and like Nicholas Briggs was taking the mickey out of her when he's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I, I could never forgive anybody because they all voted off K-9 in the first round. Yeah. K-9. Yeah. 
Uh, and Anne Whittacombe was like to Dave Tennant, so is it your decision to be sexy on the show? <laughs> <laughs> but she, they really, like, she really goes at Camille Kajuri saying, oh, do you always play dizzy blondes and things like this, doesn't she? That's <laughs> not right at all. I mean, she is, like I say, Camille's playing a great part in this. Um, but, like, I really believe her. In terms of having an impact on like society as a whole, you know, Doctor Who is in The Weakest Link, uh, it was mixing into Catherine Tate's show. It was, uh, you know, in Christmas, it was merchandise to hell. I had fruit yep. yogurts that had Daleks on them, you know, like. I had a doctor, I had a Dalek cake one year. Um, my my mum's friend, my um, son, she, she made the most amazing cakes for his birthdays. And one year she did a Dalek cake, an actual like chocolate-dyed wow. Dalek cake. And it was absolutely brilliant genuinely amazing i think she even did a tarts cake one year as well i can't remember do you have a number and here's davros being crazy it's my it's my birthday next month do you have a number send it to me yes, later all right I'll, I'll send it to you, send it to you. oh my <laughs> this god is him when he goes, this speech destruction of reality itself people planets and stars like he's just so mental yeah but um, I don't know. I do love, like, in classic Who, yeah, it's the, yeah. the, the over-the-top villains that I really love. Yeah. They they play the, the they play up to it so well. And I think here in, in the new um, Who, it's always that nod of the acting's obviously changed. The acting style television will have changed, but yeah. they still have those kind of personality traits to make it, like, yes, this is the same show from back in the day and what was nice was in the first episode you had sort of michael wishes uh davros that sort of quiet purring davros and in this yeah. episode you've got the terry malloy like you know my daleks shall once more become triumphant you know that kind of yeah. rad man ranting davros i love how mickey's uncomfortable with jack's hug then <laughs> yeah jack is a great character in um it was great having him back, I must just say. It was kind of like, oh, it's nice to have him back. Oh, what, in uh, Revolution of the Daleks? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought that as well. Okay, so I've got a question for you. Do you Go think ahead. there is a difference in John Barrowman's performance in Torchwood and John Barrowman's performance in Doctor Who? It's very interesting because this is something I'm weirdly, I don't know why I thought, I thought this at the time actually watching it on tv because i was intrigued to see how torchwood's characters would relate into the world of doctor who compared to um compared to obviously their own show because obviously it's very different in in the tone and, and the fact that it's an adult show um i've not watched Torchwood in a long time i'll be honest so it's 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 kind of hard i can't remember a lot in terms of the acting in terms of how we play I think I remember him in Torchwood being a lot more angry it, in Torchwood. It's almost like he's got the world on his shoulders in Torchwood. And when he comes yeah. back to Doctor Who, he just throws all that off and has fun again, you know? I know that in... Do uh, yes, I feel he's more flirty in, in Doctor Who. Mm. But in a way that is kind of... jokey. Chased, yeah. A bit, a bit yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, when he's with the Anto in this, it's quite different to when he's with the Anto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Considerably. Um, I can remember a scene, and that, tell me if I'm wrong, I can remember a scene where Gwen walks into Torchwood and Jack and Yanto are at it on their desk. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you can't be that. having that happening in Doctor Who. No, that if that when that episode was uh, shown for edit, that will have been edited out. Although <laughs> you know, I don't know. In Moffat's time, they might have tried. Amy does try and in get into time. bed with the Doctor in one episode. Oh yeah, she doesn't. She? Yeah. Oh, it just doesn't work. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh yeah, this bit's great with Yasta Hakuki. And it's it's really great as well, isn't it? Because Davros is proven right. Because Sarah's got like the warp star thingy, Jack's got yeah. his thing, Martha's got the Osterhagen key. They're all going to destroy the world in various ways. He's created the, as you say, the weapon um, for. The, he's created weapons and human out of humans. And, and the fact that we actually learn about the Osterhagen key, it's, like, it's almost like the nuclear deterrent. Yeah. I mean, it is it's madness. Like things have got so bad, we'll destroy the entire planet. I mean, that's an extreme reaction. That's like that's like a time lord extreme reaction. I mean, Davros is about to do exactly that with reality itself. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do we ever find out love, why? Uh, no. no. I think he's just, I think he's just a complete maniac who just wants complete control. The whole thing of Daleks, I always think, is they just want to take over the whole entire universe. And is it is it self hate or is it uh, like uh, racial cleansing, or is it just because they're just bloody mad? I think they're just mad. I think this is why I think that's something they need to explore more in, in new stories of, of that. That the, the actual reasoning behind it. This bit in a second oh my where uh, Davros recognizes Sarah Jane. Oh, this bit is. I mean, I kind of thought it would happen because of Genesis of the Daleks. And look, he's now saying, after all these years, that face. She just, it, 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 it's, considering he's obviously a different actor that she will have worked with, yeah. Michael Wisher, but it's like, yeah, Sarah Jane Smith, do you remember? And this is where he recollects it. It's so good. But I remember <clears throat> there was an interview with Elizabeth Slater at the time in Doctor Who magazine, and she said she had exactly the same like chills recording this as she did as a younger woman recording against Michael Wisher. Which says a lot about how well it's been put together so that actually that feels really genuine and sincere. Like I think that's another <clears throat> another thing that um, uh, added to like the grief of when Elizabeth Sladen passed is that like her career was back at its peak again, wasn't it? Like and, yeah. and she was a massive success and loved by a whole new generation. Yeah, she really was, and I think um, yeah, it's it, it's hard seeing this these episodes because she had only been around a few more years and yet looks so young and she's yeah. so youthful. And even in like the that the series uh, five of the Sarah Jane Adventures, those three stories, she looks so healthy and beautiful. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's a very amazing to watch these again because it's such a long time ago now, and again these feelings are just coming back. Yeah. It's and this bit is so emotional. The way actually the doctor's getting a bit of a, a reality check that he has because of him, people are dying, and, and all these faces. These were and these were all memorable deaths and all memorable characters. They really oh, were. The, the Linda really group were. from Love and Oh, the face of Bo. Chantho. Which is Jack. Oh, it's Jack, yeah. <laughs> I just forget that. Oh, and the, I love the, the cut to, oh, River. The stewardess. Oh, River Song was the best part of the Moffat era. She was fantastic, oh, God. in my opinion. I bet I'll say words. 
I, I feel I've, okay. So, so my opinion of River is that she worked in the Silence of the Library, and she worked yeah. in the Husbands of River Song. But I could, I can dispense of everything in between. Yeah. Hey, we're not going to agree fair. on everything, right? <laughs> I just like her comebacks. It's just, she's just like you know. Oh dear, you just wait till my husband gets back. It's just funny. Although, Josie, I'm going to do this, all right, because I do this quite a lot on this podcast, and it's to prove a point, yeah? You have an opinion about River Song, yeah? Yeah. As do I. They are diverse and very different opinions. And guess what? I'm going off now. I still still adore you, okay? It is possible. Yeah. It's possible to disagree in life and still get on. Exactly. And even because it's just a TV show, everybody, not yeah. real. What? <laughs> Since when? Oh, sorry. Did you have amnesia when this was all happening <laughs> in 2008? <laughs> oh, God. He, you know, he, now he's just like, detonate. There he is. Yeah, he's, he, he's completely lost it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this where Donna comes out? Are we there? We're here. We're oh, here. God this is my. the best bits. Where she's and she is literally like just playing the whole thing for comedy. And okay, people object to the Daleks being treated like so comically here. Have you seen the Daleks? They are hilarious looking. I remember watching a documentary on the Genesis of the Daleks um DVD about the history of it, and I think it was Terry. Um, oh no, who's the Doctor Who target writer that did a lot? Terry Sticks. Oh, my mind. Oh, yes, Terry Sticks. He said the dark's like having a hissy fit half yeah. the time. <laughs> and that's exactly accurate. Oh, it's so good. But like when she's I'm... like when she's spinning them around, I think that's hilarious. I love the second doctor's blue suit. Yes, I do too. There's really, there's an opinion, really you know, that whenever uh Tennant turns up in his blue suit, that uh the stories are always terrible. That is not true. No, no. <laughs> Especially here. Oh, this is great because he comes running out like, "Yeah, I'm gonna save the day," and Davros is like, "No, you're not." And just it just has to point the thing. It's like the Emperor in Star Wars Jedi: Return of the yeah. Jedi. Oh my god, that I tell you what, that movie, right? That's still yeah. my favorite Star Wars movie. What's it called? Revenge of the Sith. Oh no, that's the third, that third, the third prequel when yeah. um, Anakin Skywalker and Star Is that your favorite? Yeah, because I'll tell you what, that Emperor is just like a Doctor Who villain. He's batshit yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It is really good. Oh, see, I, I genuinely thought Donna was dead here, and I was like, no. I know you really believe it, really, because they I say they hyped it up that someone's going to die. You yeah. really believed it. Well, and I see, moment. and I wouldn't have put it past Rusty Davis to to kill one of them off because he can be no. a pretty vicious. This is the guy that killed off ten percent of the population of the earth. Yeah, it's a sin. If yeah, everyone who watches this is a sin, just just be prepared. Oh my god! Yeah, be really prepared. That last episode, Keely Hawes in that last episode. <gasps> he he's he's the thing is though, he is a high caliber writer who is able to. Whatever genre he's writing in, he just he'll get the best people for it because he's good. I think he understands the dramatic beats, and that's transferable to any genre, isn't it? Well, I, I read somewhere that he just loved television growing up, and you can tell. Yeah, and like, he's you know, amazing. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that every single story in the Rusty Davis era is like gold, but I think um, in terms of like quality, it's the most consistently good. 
Oh, 100%. And I, as I said earlier, I think it's each, each series he did got better mm. and he went out on a high. And this bit here is brilliant, the way that Donna is embodying the Dr. Donna. She's the Dr. Donna. It's, it's so good. I like it when she says, what is it? What are you hanging around for, you skinny boys in suits? Get to work. She is just, she, she brings up Lauren Cooper occasionally, doesn't she? And she's been saying throughout her run that she can do however many words per minute. And so he has a scene with her at a typewriter. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it in turn left. I don't know. It's a bit of an odd one. She says, you know, back to her, her when she loses her job, she goes, oh, I'm going to make a scene right. And the first thing I say to the tribunal is wandering hands. <laughs> she just comes out with the best lines ever. I think I quote Donna more than anyone in my life. You know? <laughs> She's got the best um, phrases. And I, later on, there's another great one. I said to a few and people, again, um, what is it? You know, in turn left when she's like, Anne-Marie, that's all I'm saying. Anne-Marie. And people are like, you don't even know anyone called Anne-Marie. I don't care. It's still a great line. Yeah, it is a great line. And, uh, yeah, Office, I think you said it in the um, the episode about the Office life and stuff. Uh-huh. It, it, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, even those moments, again, those little moments, you just can, even a science fiction, so you recognise. It's brilliant. And she's doing that thing here of, of saying the technobabble really fast. And, and and then it's just exemplified by the Daleks going, wee! <laughs> it had to happen. Oh. I've seen behind the scenes clips of this when they've got the David Tennant stunt double mm. who just looks the spitting image of him. And she says, best 10 minutes, like, 100 yeah. words per minute. Well, she just said the universe has been waiting for me. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh. Because the Daleks take themselves so seriously as well. So when they're forced into a comic situation, it's very funny. Yeah, they, they're completely mad, mad. And yeah, Davros is going crazy. And it's just it's just picking up pace. It's really exciting. So what exactly occurred to Davros between this and the, the Series 9 opener? I think he just literally stayed in that cell for 100 years. Oh, I love this bit when she says to Sarah Jane, says to Rose, oh, you know, Good to see you again. <laughs> and when John, did you see Jackie then? She just had her hands on it. It was just like, what are you doing pushing that dive away? <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask what you think in a minute of um, the TARDIS towing the Earth back. Because that is, okay, in terms of like melodrama and, and <laughs> over the top ideas, that's just, that's up there. I mean, how else was he going to resolve this whole thing? That's the thing. You know, it, it's, it's, there comes a point where you just have to think, oh, just go for it. Do you know, I think I think in those moments where they're all around the console, yeah, and it's mm. very celebratory and triumphant, what's important there isn't the smarts. It's not the intelligence of the writing. It's how you feel. So it's, it's yes. purely like an emotional climax rather than an intelligent one. I agree, because I think we have we've been made to build up to a really happy ending in a way that they do save everyone and that you do feel happy that davros is getting isn't isn't getting what he wants and like he, he never was obviously the doctor always saves the day but the stakes have been so high that you just feel like even more of a buzz and a, and a thrill and a hype, really. But then he does it again, doesn't he? he? He makes us feel really happy, and then he slips in the knife with the bit with Donna. I want to, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's hard watching these now because actually, 
it's again going back to watching it the first time round. All these moments, like Khan's just now explained that he's been in, he's been against them all all along. It's 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 so unexpected, and you really felt like you were on a. You, I, I'm not saying that you, the rest of it's predictable, like Moffat's era, but you don't feel like there's any additional surprises or any additional. It, it, it very much does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think it's like, oh well, there'll be a cliffhanger because there'll be a cliffhanger. But what Russell T Davis does, he'll do something interesting. He'll twist the bit. He will have something. Yeah, he, he just does so many different things and. But I think as well, within an individual episode, he packs it full of character moments, like lovely bits of continuity, exciting moments, emotional moments. So as a whole, it's like it's a it's an experience. You're not just watching a Doctor Who episode. It is actually okay. I'm, not, I'm making it sound like a religious experience here. It's not that, but you know what I'm saying. Well, the fact is, he 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 says that Buffy the Vampire Slayer was an inspiration for him to write this show, and I just adore Buffy and I love Angel as well. I think they're both fantastic shows, and I think. Um, he really both shows have that balance of fantastical great epic ideas but those small character moments that are so spot on and and, yeah. and just yeah well just perfect. Uh, I, both rusty davis and um joss whedon in uh buffy the vampire slayer i don't even know if i'm allowed to talk about joss whedon anymore but i'm gonna anyway because i'm one of those people that can very much separate the art from the artist um, yeah. both of their way into TV shows is through the characters. It's not through the plots. And so I'm on board with that all the time. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think um, they both got a way of, of telling great stories with characters, uh, great outlandish stories with characters that you believe and human characters. But do you remember in Wel Welcome to the Hellmouth? And um, yeah. uh, Cordelia says to Willow, who even gave you permission to exist? And like from that point on, how can you not be on Willow's side? Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's it's just yeah, wonderful. And yet he's still able to then take her. Like, do you remember Dark Willow at the end of series six? Yeah. Like, oh boy, that's a journey. Oh god, yeah, it really is. Now I'm going to say something about current Who and why this is still better you know we talk a lot today about diversity and there's always the people who come out with it oh it's too long because you blah, 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 whatever i believe good representation comes with good stories i agree in this doctor who era you've got companions in these three in the series of doctor who got a, a, a blonde a white and blonde girl from a, a council flat a block tower in London, mm -hmm. you've got a middle-class black woman who's trained to be a doctor, and you've got a a, a middle not middle-aged but no, sort of sli normal, slightly mature, older, yeah, yeah, slightly older kind of woman who's doing her own thing. Uh, you know, Donna, yeah. Sarah Jane is obviously from the old series. She's a mature lady. We've just seen Luke. She's got her own series. All right, she's as a science fiction series with a sixty-odd-year-old woman as the lead. That's amazing. You've got Mickey, who is a black man, and and him and uh, and Rose had a relationship. You know, that's an interracial relationship. You've got Captain Jack, who likes anything, whole, <laughs> and and then gay characters. Are, and yet, no, that was happening yeah. fifteen years ago. 
nowadays, yes, the, the diversity is great, but the stories just aren't quite as good, which is why I don't think, you know, I'm not bothered about the idea of a female doctor. I don't, I think, fine. But the problem is, I think the stories are starting to get a bit tired. I think yeah. the ideas are repeating themselves. The, 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 the freshness isn't there. And ultimately, that is what makes it good. And it, it's a bit of, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, and uh, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, uh, around that TARDIS console, Davis is ticking some demographics there. I'll tell you, he's ticking some boxes, but they're all great characters. And they're not, it doesn't feel like, uh, it's like, uh, do you get this where, <laughs> sure. like, yes, yeah, the gay characters now, you know, they, the Christian was like, oh, there's a gay character. They're literally one-off characters who are in it for about two sec two minutes, guest characters who get killed off instantly, yeah. and then it gets shoehorned <laughs> that they're gay when they haven't actually, for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. This bit's amazing when they all go back to Earth. They're all just, like, flying through space and, uh, and Earth, and it's so good. Do you know what my favourite bit is? Is where they break the fourth wall and Martha smiles straight at the audience. That's yeah. gorgeous. I've always thought, is that the point of view of the Doctor? I think here he's is. looking around. Yeah, yeah this oh, bit here. Oh, it's so good. Oh, she's beautiful for me, Magdalene. And like, when the doctor says to Jackie, no, Jackie, not you. You're not Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> even then, even after all she's done, yeah. risking her life for him. Oh, he still cool. can't be too and, nice to her. I love it in the Christmas Invasion when he says, what should I do? Goes, Jackie, will you shut up? I, I've heard criticisms that, um, you know, like the coda for this, it's about 10 minutes long, isn't it? As we say goodbye mm. to all of these characters. Yeah. Um, that that's self-indulgent. I don't think that is at all. I think it only becomes a problem when in, at the end of the end of time, he does it again. But it doesn't. Yeah. Even then, I think that those are all beautiful moments at the end of end of time. So I'm kind of on board anyway. Yeah, I get what you mean. It, it's it's. Um... Yeah, it, it's just doing it again, but it's done well. I love it when Donna um, hugs Jack and just pushes her out of the way. And Jack's <laughs> like, oh, what's this? <laughs> I love this bit on the news bulletin, you know, when they go back to Earth. Is it, what does it say? Planet Earth is back or something? Oh, yeah, Earth returns yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I think that must be from New Year's Eve, those fireworks, or from some event, yeah. some archive footage. Oh, my God, things must be joyful because even Francine is smiling. Yes. Ah, right. Now, this bit here in a second, yeah, where yeah. Martha and Mickey go off with Jack, they were supposed to be in Torchwood, weren't they, after this? I read that, and it's such a shame they weren't. Oh, I just love... Do what's amazing is School Reunion is fantastic. Oh, it's it's such a great episode. And, you know, obviously, bearing in mind, Sarah Jane had two doctors, was with two doctors in the 70s. You know, to see him come back is amazing. But then she um, gets two Doctors here, doesn't she? Because then she does uh, Death of the Doctor in Sarah Jane with Matt Smith. And I really like oh, that yeah. as well. That's a great episode with Joe. Um, oh, Joe. marvellous. This bit's quite sad, actually. Well, it's so interesting because the relationship between Jackie and Mickey has been so interesting to follow because when Rose goes missing, she's, like, posting, you know, dog shit through his letterbox and terrible things. And then through the, the series of kind of very dangerous adventures... They they develop a relationship. Yeah, I think it's probably mutual. It was mutual kind of um, therapy because Rose was gone. In and the hoping she'd be okay. In Doomsday, where uh, Jackie and Pete from the alternative universe meet in the corridor, 
you watch oh, Noel Clark in that scene. He's against the wall with his arms folded and he's smiling like so happy for her. It's, it's yeah. And that, again, those moments you just don't get now. Jesus, he's so hot. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you've got you've got Noel Clark and David Tennant on the screen right now. There's not much more I can think about. Because <laughs> then John Barron's just walked away. <laughs> you've, uh, oh no no no! Oh no! I'm much more about these two. Okay, okay. The ones that no, you didn't have a chance with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a chance with any of them. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. True. Oh no! It, it is beautiful. This scene when they're just all. So, yeah. Now, this next scene's an interesting one because I know there's a lot of criticism mm. about how Rose's story concludes with the other doctor who's going to be able to live a human life with her. What do you think? Okay, I don't think it's as effective as it is in Doomsday because that's a, like a dramatic high. I think in Doctor Who as a whole, that's a dramatic high point. But, like, Rusty Davis does like doing this, doesn't he? He makes Jackie happy by giving her Pete from another universe, and he makes Rose happy by giving her a replica of the Doctor grown out of Donna. Um, he does find these wacky science fiction ways to, to like, tie off these people and give them a happy ending. I'll tell you what, I want them to have a happy ending, so I don't really have an issue with it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I read somewhere that he loves happy endings. Because, as he says in real life, you know, life's not full of happy endings, so he thinks fiction should be. Mm. Um, I... Uh, it's cheesy, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I, don't need, I, I Actually, I'm fine. If in the parallel universe, the Doctor and... Well, the second Doctor and Rose are together and, and happy. Because, let's be honest, Rose is the Doctor's love. He, 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 he loves Sarah Jane, he's best friends with Donna, but he loves... Yeah, Rose, and I think and it's the only time sad for him. Is it the only time the doctor's ever been in love with a companion? I I would say so. I think so, and actually, it's his dramatic for the main doctor. And I love how Donna says, "You know, go and tell her," so yeah. she knows that he still has the memories, and they'll just kind of start over. The whole thing about about Donna, like, you know, at the beginning of Stone Earth, where she's like, well, Rose is coming back. Isn't that great? And then when they see each other on the street and she's really happy. And then here, like, there's no there's no kind of um, green eyed monster in Donna at all. And there's no rivalry between the companions. I think Donna knows how fabulous she is and that the Doctor can't do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being modesty is not in her nature, but that's fine. She's she's pretty great. But what's lovely is throughout this season, there's a repeated motif of Donna saying, I am nothing. I am nobody. And then at the end of the season, she is the most important person in the entire story. Yeah, and I love what's coming up. I, I was going to make a point off, that, but I, off the back of that, but I think it's more perfect after the scene that's coming up next. Oh, my word. Okay, so I, I've heard criticism about um, the Doctor taking this choice away from Donna, <clears throat> but as a moment of drama between two actors in a Doctor Who story, this has rarely been bested, the bit between him and Donna. For me, it was heartbreaking, and it still is. And although we get to see Donna again in the end of time, and, and obviously, you know, she doesn't remember anything, but she gets a happy ending with the lottery win, and that's all lovely. Yeah. But for me, what I love about science fiction, 
And if I put this as the top of my favourite science fiction, is or fantasy account, it's, it's this, X-Files, Buffy Angel, Fringe, and Twin Peaks even. Uh-huh. It's when you're able to write fantastical ideas that you would never be able to experience as an individual, but the characters in a story act and react in a way that's so normal, that's so emotional and believable. And did you see Catherine Tate then, the way she was just a bit criteria as she was going back into the TARDIS? I, I, um, I see what you're saying. So, like, no matter how um, over the top the story is, no matter how mm. out there, if it's grounded in real emotion, then you can still, like, you can still buy into it. It's like when Scully has to, she has kids in Dex Files. Yeah. And in both cases, I'm not going to give it too much. She loses them for whatever, and it is Heartbreaking. Both of them. Storyline wise, I do question it. Yeah. But it's heartbreaking. Well, and and Gillian Anderson's such a good actress that. She is amazing. She's my favorite favorite actress, and Dave Tennyson's my favorite actor. This bit. Oh, God. Okay, so um, on uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Fly for Entirety, they made the brilliant suggestion here that the reason we object to this so much uh, and are so horrified by this idea. It's like, imagine if we're Donna and somebody erased Doctor Who from our minds. Like, it's just a horrific idea. I love Donna so much. And I remember one of the, um, you know, you're saying about the comic books that were in the the magazine, Mm. the Doctor Who magazine. I remember there was one which was about um, Donna's adventures and then the Doctor, and she leaves the Doctor a message. Oh, that was Jonathan Morris, wasn't it? I swear Jonathan Morris wrote that one. Was it? Yeah, I think it's called The the Time of of My Life. Yeah, and she meets Silla Black in the Cavern Club. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, Joe, this scene when she says, I just want to stay, and I thought I was going to be with you forever. This, I have to remind myself, this isn't real, but Catherine Tate plays this so beautifully. Do you know, for me, it's when she says, no, 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 and it's so realistically plays. Yeah. Oh, she, oh, bless her. I really feel so sorry for her. And do you know what? I don't like David Tennant's sideburn, sorry, just to say. Uh, I will not hear a thing said about David Tennant's look. Sorry. Um, Sorry. There's, um, <laughs> this isn't just nostalgia talking, though. Like, you're, you, this isn't just you tapping into how you felt then. This is just good telly, like now. Yeah, if I watch this now, I think I still feel the same way. I, I mean, the way he says now, but we had the best of times. Yeah. Like, in his face, he regrets what he's about to do. And even even then, we get to see those fabulous stories of season four yeah oh no bless her this is horrible it's i think to be honest i think it's one of the more original um, uh, fan and companion exits because everyone has to go either goes gets married off or wants to leave wants to but actually one wedge they have to lose their memory I mean, oh, and bless him. Oh, oh Bernard Crippens. Well, I'll tell you what, Bernard Crippens has that factor of, look, he, whenever he cries, I cry. Because, like, yeah. it's like watching your I granddad cry. It's horrible. It is. It really is. It, it, you can tell he just loves what he's doing and feels bad for him. So I was, um, was going to say something while we were back at the Bear Battles Bay. Mm-hmm. But it's it's perfect now. Sylvia is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's such a cow. 
to Donna. And I, and I can see maybe Donna was probably someone who's a bit kind of wishy-washy some ways. But actually, I think Sylvia's a bit of a snob anyway. I think she would want her daughter to be a bit... I think she'd want Donna to be, like, someone very popular and special and whatever. And, and I, what I like, though, is how this comes around. Because well, this bit where she says, where she says, she's my daughter. That. Yeah, and he says, well, you, maybe you should tell her a little bit more often. It's great. It's again, it's those tiny details that we don't get now, and it really annoys me. Oh, Will, she was better with you. Yeah, and the way he says, no, she was. Do you remember earlier when he said, what is it? She won't let me have a webcam. She thinks they're naughty. <laughs> <laughs> they're naughty. I mean, that's like such a brilliant old, older man face. Like, oh, that's amazing. But I, I do love the fact that you see moments with Sylvia in amongst all of that sort of disappointment and, and anger where she loves yeah. her. Like, you, I, I never for one moment don't believe that Sylvia loves Donna. I just feel oh, like yeah, yeah. she's just constantly disappointed with her for one reason or another. Yeah. Oh, oh, bless. He has a lump in, in his throat right now because he's just thinking, you know, she's the most important woman in the whole wide universe. Do you know what I love? Here's a bit. Is, like, you think back to the adventures. In the Pompeii one, there's, like, the yeah. bust of the two of them at the end that they're, they're yeah. praying to. In the Ood episode, yeah. they're singing about Donna. So all across the universe, these places they that really they've touched, are. they're still remembering her at least. Yeah. And what I love in this bit now is she is back to the Donna we met in The Runaway Bride. Plants in the sky, oh, nice to meet you. You know, she's really kind of, yeah. Do you know the bit that rips my heart out is where he yeah. says, oh, I'm going now. She's like, oh, all right, bye. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. I know. It, that's what I love about her. She, again, she's, she's able to tap into the mindset of Donna's just playing, you know, just another guy that she met. And I, I love, love this bit. Sorry, go on. Now, I just love this bit when she's just like, um, no, Susie Mayer wouldn't lie, not unless it's about calories. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what have I missed now? Planets in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but at least we finish, we, at least we kind of finish. I mean, I have to say now I laugh at that bit because I think, well, at least we know she's all right. She's going to be okay. And at least I certainly know in the end of time she's, she's going to be fine. Yeah. See, I, 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 I don't know how I would feel about this ending if we didn't have the end of time. Because, and I like the fact that Rusty Davis dares to suggest he's going to undo this and then doesn't. I'm glad he doesn't because I think it's yeah. more realistic. But at least then he, he gives her the, the, the send off he, oh, she deserves. Yeah. Of, I shall be fine, I shall be happy. And everything. A lottery ticket? What a cheap present. I love that. Well, it's like the raffle ticket in turn left, though. It's like somehow there's these things that are. Her life, but you know, we were talking about those like emotional stings that yeah. bit in the end of time where he says he took the quid off Jeffrey Noble. Oh my yeah. god, that breaks my heart. Do you know what? I felt really sorry for the actor who died, um, who played Jeffrey Noble. That's really, it, it's obviously really sad, mm. but I'm glad Bernard Cribbins is in it because I think Will's fantastic and he's really in the voice of the damned. But again, these things happen and stuff, and like him and Astrid are there in it. Oh, oh do you know, I just remember a time when. My highlight for Christmas was Doctor Who. I remember when my highlight for Doctor Who, or, or in general, was David Tennant looking very sad at the end of every episode. <laughs> yes. They... But do you know what, though? This, I think, is the ultimate Doctor Who story in the sense that he's got all these people all over the years who've been there for him, who in this moment help him, and now he's just alone. Yeah. 
but that's kind of the doctor isn't it he he's he's the one well it's him and the tardis it's always going to be him and the tardis no yeah oh my god david tennant's wet i'm sorry i'm <laughs> i'm gonna have some good dreams tonight <laughs> again hot onto the collar joe <laughs> sorry oh no it's 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 just do you remember the original ending to this? They were going to film um, Cybermen looming up behind him to lead into the next Doctor, and I'm really glad they didn't. No, I'm glad as well. I think I think actually it's good to end like that so that, yeah, he's just alone. I think he, with everything we've had, unlike, say, you know when the, the Titanic crashes into his, oh, yeah. into the TARDIS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great finale because he's just like, well, it's going to next one, but he's had such a roller coaster. actually, you just need him to just feel a bit down do you know my, oh, fav my favorite one is um <clears throat> what is it what the hell is this place <laughs> oh my god yeah donna that was so weird that was such a weird thing. oh, oh I, yeah. i'll be honest i don't like that christmas special i don't really either and i'm i'm not keen on planet of the dead afterwards either and i don't think it's just because we've had this high with stolen earth and Jada. i generally don't think they are as good as what came before it's just in storytelling it's not until <clears throat> waters of mars hits is it that that's when it picks up again like for the last end of times so. yeah i agree completely um okay i'm going to ask you i always ask this at the end of each of these uh jd why should somebody i mean we've given them enough reasons <laughs> but why should somebody on the back of this commentary go and grab the stolen earth and journey's end and stick it on right now even though it's 11 o'clock at night it's because it is from it, the doctor who at its best it has the best kind of exciting dalek story it has all action sequences and it has great moments of character but I know today a lot of people judge, you know, what they watch on a kind of diversity. It's a lot of people do kind of see it as like a really important thing. But as I said, they, they, what Chibnall and even Moffat prided themselves on in the last decade, and I don't think did it half as good, Russell C. Davis was doing without really a care in the last 15 odd years ago and did it so well and it's never been topped since it's just simply the best doctor who story it's so it's got everything you could want in a doctor who story and i'll only add um that you know you know you know you can buy boxes of chocolates right and you know every now and again you've got a box of chocolates that's got all your favorites in it this is essentially that with all the best characters jammed <laughs> into what is it like two and a half hours worth of doctor <clears throat> who it's just sublime um yeah uh before i go um and thank you for your time where can people find your podcast so you can find me on um apple podcast and we're also on spotify if you want to we've got a social media pages on the at 2.4 username which is on instagram and on Twitter. So that's a link to the Linktree page. And there's also a link to my personal Instagram and Twitter page. And that is for Twitter, it's a bit different. It's Jade, it's at JDCollins95 for Twitter. And on Instagram, it is JD Collins Writer. But as I say, if you go onto the at 2.4 podcast, either Instagram or Twitter, you can find my personal accounts. And if you are a fan of 2.4 children or just a fan of a very good podcast, 
go and check this out. You've got both like a, a really smart, funny commentary on the episodes itself, but also like insanely good behind the scenes information from uh, the creator. Isn't that right? Yeah. 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 Andrew Marshall's the writer of Two Point Four Children. He's very kindly provided recordings of, of behind the scenes stories from every episode. So we're very, very fortunate that he's given up his time to do that. And that just leads me to say thank you very much for your time. It's been a genuine thrill to revisit those episodes with you. Thank you, Joe. I've absolutely loved it myself. It's great to meet someone else who loves anything that I like because it's very hard to find people <laughs> who do sometimes. And I look forward to you coming on my podcast as well. well so thank I, you for that, That's kind of how we should end this because because I have, I'm thinking I'm going to try and entice you back for another one of these. And I know I'm coming on yours. So let's just say until next time. Until next time. <laughs>